0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Disrupted Workforce podcast, a show focused on how disruptions such as the coronavirus, the 2020 recession, AI, and emerging technologies are reshaping and reimagining work, skills, and purpose in 2020 and beyond. I'm Alex Schwartz. And I'm Nate Thompson. And we are your hosts. Our mission is to help you navigate these challenging and dynamic times with humanity, actionable insights, and honest conversations with experts in their field. Thanks for listening, and please be sure to rate and review the podcast if you find the content resonates with you. We are grateful for your time, attention, and hope you'll share these important conversations with the people in your life. We're here to help, and we want to make a difference. In today's exciting episode, we are joined by guest Camille Better, founder and CEO of TalentFoot, a Chicago based boutique executive search firm focused on marketing, sales, and technology. Camille brings great wisdom, practical ideas, An inspiration to the challenging conversation about work, the job market, and the critical skills we all need in the pandemic economy. Now, before we dive in with Camille, we want to give you a quick glimpse into current stats on the economy and also talk about the job opportunities for young people searching for summer jobs. And after the interview, stick around and we're going to share more detail on industries and companies that are hiring right now.
1: That's right, Alex. We're super excited to talk about this because we wanted to bring multiple perspectives on the job front with this episode, and frankly, to
0: bring some good news. Exactly. So one thing everyone is trying to figure out is what this new recession will look like, how long it's going to last, what shape the recovery is going to take. Is it a V? Is it an L? Is it a W? Is it a U? I mean, the more I read, Nate, I think I'm in my son's pre-K alphabet class. Alphabet C. Crazy. Yeah, seriously. So... Lots of folks are trying to nail these predictions, but that's really hard to do given the uncertainty with the virus, whether or not there's going to be a second wave, and how long people will need to stay in quarantine or limit activity outside the home. So, current projections have the economy contracting by 6 to 7% this year, and unemployment remaining in the double digits. As of this week, 43 million Americans have filed for unemployment. Wow and May's overall unemployment rate was 13.3%, and that's the highest since the Great Depression. Wow. It's it's staggering. Now, a lot of these statistics we've been seeing are pretty scary and plenty of comparisons have been made to the Great Depression. But keep in mind, the Great Depression lasted 12 years. Former Federal Reserve Chair Ben Bernanke, who helped lead us out of the 2007 to 2009 financial crisis, happens to be a scholar on the Great Depression And he recently said he feels these comparisons are very wrong, saying, quote, unquote, this is like a natural disaster. And the response is more like an emergency relief than it is a typical anti-recessionary response. Ben, I call him Ben since we're on a first name basis, noticed he was happy with the current Federal Reserve's fiscal and monetary response to stimulate the economy, imagining that the economy will open up a bit this summer, but maybe slow back it down again around this fall.
1: I love that you run in those elite circles. We think it's important for all of us to recognize the short-term and long-term realities of this evolving situation, with many factors still unknown. While we are seeing some signs of recovery, we feel the coronavirus and the related economic challenges are set to make a lasting impact on how we work and live for years to come.
0: 100%. And also, you know, in spite of these recent layoffs and furloughs, There's a new spot tactic that some CEOs are employing, right? And that's pay cuts across the board instead of layoffs. So you've got HCA, the hospital chain, KVH in London, Shamor's, the chemical company, AON AON with offices in Chicago. They've all kept their workforce using this methodology. So obviously, I hope all these folks are going to get their money restored soon, their full salary. But in the meantime, it seems totally great. They were able to keep their jobs. And my understanding is that this has been really, really well received.
1: Yeah. And let's not forget about the young people who are trying to take their first jobs in this disrupted workforce. Since one of the things Alex and I are so passionate about is youth leadership and development. As the younger generation matures into the workforce of the future, it's worth noting that high school and college age students are having a very tough time finding summer jobs. Seasonal unemployment for teens hit 32% last month, a number not seen since 1948. Yeah, that's crazy, right? But again, stick around until the end of the episode because we'll be sharing a bunch of companies that are hiring young people. And further, I have good news. I'll be speaking at Black Creek Group later this month, and they chose to move their intern program online rather than canceling. So, you know, encouraging companies, find another way, and maybe online's the answer.
0: Yeah, and, you know, a lot of those lost jobs for young people are retail jobs. And that totally resonates because my first summer of college at George Washington University, I stayed in Washington, D.C. between my freshman and sophomore year. And I worked for Armani Exchange. And it was this totally great experience. And I wore a lot of tight-fitting Italian clothes. So tight. So tight. Always so the <laughs> size too small. And I got really, really good at folding shirts. And I had this boss, Juan, who was kind of thought he was a ladies' man and tried to teach me the right way to spray cologne into the air And walk into the mist like a sorcerer. And I'm not sure how good he actually smelled, but I mean the act was amazing, right? But anyway, you know, back to the program. A recent Wall Street Journal article suggests that youth find work in warehouses or distribution centers and noted they should quote unquote be willing to take the work a mother of two can't take. Be flexible with overnight shifts or doing delivery at the restaurant you used to work for. So we're super excited to dive into our conversation with Camille Fetter, founder and CEO of TalentFoot. And a unifying thread of the show is that we feel there's never been a more important time to be human and real, right? The challenges we're facing at work and in our personal lives, they're all blending together and staying present and feeling connected in a personal way, not just digitally, is more important than ever. Our conversation with Camille brings her tremendous grace and thoughtfulness to life. And also addresses the job market head-on. So, Camille, before we talk workforce, how are you doing as a human being during this crazy time?
2: Oh, that's a great question. I love that question. Uh, is it okay for me to say I, I'm tired?
0: Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> me I too. Was
2: reading an article this morning, and it was uh, outlining some tips uh for what's next right and for leaders and what they should be doing and in this article it said you should sleep a little more you should rest before what's next and i just laughed right i'm like sleep gosh i haven't slept in 3 months um uh, between the e-learning with my 5 year old running a business starting a new business yes i'm a little crazy <laughs> uh 16 video calls a day between work and personal it's, oh, it's been wow. a um it has But I will say, and I know you're the same, Alex, I'm a reflector, right? Like, I, I always take moments to myself to really reflect on what's working, where there's area for improvement, and what I've learned, right? And I now, as I've been reflecting on this period, I feel oddly grateful for the intense challenges that were put in front of me because now I suddenly feel like I can take on any kind of challenge that comes my way. And that feels super empowering.
0: That's so great to hear. I mean, it's just the way that it's building resilience in you, even more resilience, right?
2: (laughs) Yep. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, It's been tough.
0: Yeah. So I know from all the conversations that we've had that making a difference in people's lives is really important to you. Is there an origin story behind that that you'd like to share with our audience?
2: Oh, sure. Absolutely. So I believe everyone has a purpose and I feel incredibly lucky to have found my purpose at a very young age. Reflecting back on my life, because I'm a reflector, (laughs) I realized that I would always say yes to new experiences and opportunities, even if I didn't necessarily know what I would get out of it. And in hindsight, that was actually that's actually served me really, really well. Uh, my family likes to laugh and tease me about the fact that I had 35 jobs before I graduated from college, which just sounds incredibly insane. But you know, I always said yes. And during college, you know, I was I was going to class. I was working at a local snowboard shop. I started a new club on campus that actually gave me a private office, and I thought it was super cool. Uh, my first private office. Um, and of course, I was doing lots of skiing, living in Colorado. But I just I felt like something was missing. So I, I was searching for something that I could do with my time that was just more meaningful to my soul. I was walking around campus and I saw a flyer for the Denver Metropolitan Crisis Line. And it was almost like the parting of seas. It was this moment of, this is it. It was my calling, right? And I think, again, as I reflect, I subconsciously knew I was fulfilled by helping people. But after three years of working at the crisis line, Becoming a trainer there, taking suicide calls, sexuality calls, domestic violence calls, among many other challenging circumstances that we field, that we we fielded from these callers, I knew I'd found my purpose, which is living a life impacting others, and I get to do that every day in my profession, so that you know working for the crisis line was really an instrumental piece to. Where I am today, and it was my opportunity to find my real purpose and today, I will only hire associates, executive recruiters that truly want to make a difference in people's lives
0: That's amazing It's a good pivot i i i uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to get to know you a little bit better and i'm I'm sure our audience does as well um, Let's talk a little bit about the workforce. What has surprised you? the most about the last three months?
2: Mm. There's been a few surprises in the market over the last few months. And I would constantly tell my team, I wish I had a crystal ball. I wish I had a crystal ball guys. Right. Uh, But now looking back at everything, we were constantly trying to problem solve and what we were, what we were trying to problem solve around was the fact that we were expecting to have, uh, very you know, very few jobs at our fingertips to fill, and that our clients would either, their needs would actually, would either be put, uh, would either be on temporary hold, their, their current hiring needs, right, or would go away altogether. However, <laughs> and now looking back at everything, we've actually have seen our hiring team's reinvent and upgrade their sales teams specifically. We've never been more busy than ever uh, in sales. Uh, We've also had a lot of organizations who have called us looking for leaders to help drive digital transformation, right? The hottest buzzword for uh, 2020, right? Uh, The demands just, they changed overnight.
0: Have you seen any changes in the last several weeks as the states have been reopening?
2: Yeah, so we we actually just in the last week we have had three times the amount of new positions come our way uh, than we had over the last ten weeks, um, and I think that's for a couple reasons. I do think it's getting easier. Um, mm-hmm. Six weeks ago, we had hiring teams and job seekers interviewing purely over video, and. And therefore backing out at, la- at at the last minute, right, at the offer stage saying, oh, gosh, I've never even met this woman or this man before, right? Well, you've seen them over video, but it they, it just still didn't give them enough comfort, right? Which I know you love because it's all about human connection, right? Um, but now people are actually starting to get more comfortable wearing masks and meeting over around a golf, uh, meeting on a patio for lunch. Um, and so... So that's great. That's giving people more confidence to hire again, get back to work. Um, Organizations have certainly have acclimated to the new normal with virtual workforces. Uh, We have a publicly traded uh, client of ours who, over the years, I built their entire marketing function. And over the years, they're in a challenging market in terms of relocation. And I would constantly be advocating for hiring great talent remotely. And they would constantly say no. Nope, nope, nope. We need to relocate, and just this week they said we don't need to relocate. Mm-hmm. We will uh, absolutely consider. We just want the best of the best, and I don't care where they're located. And and, and of course, I asked, well, w- what's changed? Why? Why now? Yeah. And they said, well, because our virtual workforce has actually been working. Our collaboration ha- hasn't been lost. So that's pretty awesome to hear um, and see another reason child, child care is opening up, right? I have my own employees now coming back to work uh, full force because they can drop the kids off at of child care um, next, starting next week here in in, in the Chicagoland area. Um, and then, you know, I also think many employers have taken the last two to three months to upgrade talent, um, as well as a lot of employees who have actually been actively interviewing uh, more than, than they normally would have been because they've had easy access to have private conversations. Right. So, so we actually just had a client call us yesterday who said my top two sales reps, both who have $10 million books of business got poached. They, they got blindsided right because what because why other organizations other CEOs recognized it was a it's been a tremendous opportunity to upgrade. So I think there's there are movements taking place for a variety of reasons um and hopefully that insight's helpful.
0: No, that was fantastic. Um I mean right on the heels of that who is hiring right now?
2: Yeah, I, Great question. I, I, you know, certainly digital business providers. N- no one's surprised by that. Uh, consulting firms, agencies that are dedicated to digital transformation. We've had, we've heard from a lot of the, a lot of the consultancies, uh, those in the two hundred to five hundred million dollar range to the biggest consulting firms in the in, in the world uh, build incredible post pandemic pipelines. Specifically for digital transformation work, so uh, that's obviously we all know that that's certainly a hot skill set in, in demand. Uh, health tech—I uh, just connected with a CEO yesterday who's expecting a whole new round of funding. Um, that's not not a big surprise either, right? Um, a lot more telehealth is going to be taking place. Um, any e-commerce organization. We've been very busy, a lot of organizations um, moving towards uh, Shopify and Magenta, even, even just launching new new revenue channels via digital, right? Um, the home goods home improvement space actually has seen a huge uptick in business. I just talked to a, uh, a home goods uh, company in Ohio the other day and they have seen a 30% lift in sales in the last 10 weeks because people have been home improving, making improvements around their their house. Um, That one surprised me actually a little bit. Apparently, paint sales, I hear, are are up. Um, And then finally, of course, food delivery, meal prep services, um, given that people have been avoiding restaurants.
0: And Nate is actually going to dive in on to some of these things after the end of the episode, but this was a really, really great snapshot of where the opportunities are Camille and I think your expert opinion is something our audience can absolutely trust.
2: Thank right. you. You're welcome.
0: So here's a tough one. Um, you've talked a lot about where the jobs are available and and what's happening in terms of the demand, what skills are critical and will actually make you recession proof.
2: Ooh, you know, I think actually my answer may surprise a lot of people. Uh, many people think it's been time to be head down, focusing on honing and developing new hard skills, when in reality, it's actually the soft skills that are going to set them apart from the enormous amount of competition out there, right? Uh, the soft you, skills-
0: you, you once said to me, we were talking about the importance of soft skills- that the hard skills actually get you the interview, but the soft skills are actually what gets you the job.
2: Yep. Yep. And it couldn't be more true in this market, right? That's always the case. That's always been the case, but now more than ever. So, you know, the the most critical skills as we reemerge and charter our way through the second half of this year and early next year, without a doubt, are going to be the skills that cannot be replaced by robots. Yeah, that's, um, what,
0: that's what Nate and I talk about all the time.
2: I know. I know. <laughs> and so soft skills that like you know, people are probably wondering, okay, now what soft skills? Get into it, right? So a couple of soft skills to, to, that that everyone should be keeping in mind. One, creativity. Creativity that leads to innovation, Right. I mean, that's been the focus over the last 90 days over the course of the pandemic, and it will continue to be for organizations for the remainder of this year moving forward, right? A lot of organizations have had to make major pivots overnight, and it's ha- it's it's required not only strategic thinking at the top, but creative thinking and thinking outside the box, right? And thinking about, there's so much opportunity for disruption right now, which really excites me, Um Two you know the ability to drive cohesion and integration within an organization it's you know we've never it's never been more clear that there needs to be a true intersection between marketing sales and technology which is which is actually the very reason why those are the three functional areas that we specialize in right if those three departments are not talking to one another you're not going to be able to to move. The entire organization forward. Um, And so no more compartmentalizing functions. Um, The ability to be to provide strategic direction from big data and put the right pieces in place and then ensure that that your teams are executing against that strategy, right? The data can be obviously, as we all know, so helpful to help to in terms of developing direction, um, in terms of where an organization may need to go. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not, it's, but it's, it's, we need the human beings to use their brains to drive insights from that data, right? Robots can't do that for us. Um, it's
0: the critical thinking around it. Yes,
2: you got it. You got it. Um, uh, another big one, and I've heard a lot of complaints on this front and, um, it's been, it's been pretty interesting to hear from a lot of these organizations that the the ability to communicate and lead with empathy, right, and truly be human, right, mm-hmm. with your staff and, I mean, from, from the working parent who has three young children at home who hasn't been able to get any help in childcare but is working their tail off to try to get as much work done in the hours that they possibly can after they're probably utterly exhausted, right. From being on their feet with, 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 with young kids all day and, and, and overseeing e-learning and, and God knows what else that they need to do. Um, If there's an executive sitting in their ivory tower with a nanny, right. By their side. And they can, they can work 60 hours a week, right. Easily. And they're not showing any empathy to their staff. Right, about uh, their situation, who's gonna want to work for that person? Right. And then, yeah, go ahead.
0: I was gonna say empathy in, in a lot of ways, that's the new superpower of the pandemic. I feel that that ability to, to your point, really recognize your employees and their struggles and what they're grappling with in order for them to be able to show up and to not judge them for the circumstances that are outside of their control. But actually work with them in a collaborative fashion, that is real leadership right now.
2: I couldn't agree more. And I've had employees call me who've been furloughed and they're they're incredibly talented. I know they're they're high performers. And they've said, Camille, I'm I'm just I said, you're gonna be brought back. I I know you're going to be brought back, right? Based on everything I know about their skill set, their accomplishments, et cetera. And they said, but I don't think I want to go back. And of course, my question is why? And they said, I don't like how the organization handled the furlough. I felt like a commodity. I did not feel like a human being. And I do not want to work for an organization that treats their people that way.
0: Yeah, culture is more important than it's ever been.
2: Yep, hands down. Um, another skill is certainly being a visionary, right, and, and having the ability to think ten years ahead and not just two to three years ahead. Um, it's it's obviously why the companies like Google, Amazon, and another and the other digital behemoths um, have been so successful, right? They're always thinking about what's next uh, uh, in a very uh, in in the long term, right? Um, and then finally, I, I would say, you know. Ensuring that you know how to provide laser focused direction to your team, right? To get the best work out of them um, and to make sure that you have the right measurement systems and tools in place to be able to articulate and showcase the return on investment. Um, and then, you know, so those are the soft skills I would tell people to make sure that they're honing in on. And then the other piece of the equation to make sure that you're, you're, you're recession proof is it ties into what I just mentioned on the soft skills front, um, but is to make yourself measurable. Um, the positions in the highest demand are the positions that are recession proof, right? And are the ones that are most closely tied to revenue. Yeah. So, you know, regardless of your level within the organization, you need to know how your efforts directly impact either the top or bottom line. And I think that's that's a skill. I wish, I wish universities taught this, right? I'm constantly trying to mentor young people on this topic um, and even some senior level executives, right? I interview them and I'm looking for their accomplishments and I'm looking for quantifiable accomplishments, right? Tell me how you've impacted the top line right tell me how you've impacted the overall business but i want to hear numbers i want to hear dollars and if if you are if you are in a position where you're not quite sure how your success is being measured it's time to have a meeting with your boss
0: it's it's an interesting juxtaposition because on one hand what you're talking about is the necessity for augmenting and improving uh these soft skills And at the same time, what you're saying is it's also about the hard impact, right? It's that juxtaposition. Um, And I totally experienced that in my corporate career as someone who is tied to to growth and bringing in new business accounts and growing accounts. You know, you are not expendable if you are part of that bottom line. uh, Let's show Wall Street what we've done uh, accountability.
2: Yep, bingo. And obviously, the more senior you become in your career, the 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 bigger, the higher the expectation is, right, in terms of impact. Uh, but even at the the more junior level, you should you should multiply your salary, your take home, by at least four to six times, right? And that should be the quantifiable impact that you're making on the business. So,
0: uh, I love that you put that metric there. I think that really helps people kind of contextualize what it is that they should expect from a salary perspective based upon what they're actually helping to generate from a revenue perspective.
2: Great. Awesome.
0: Yeah. So on the heels of that, what can a, a job seeker do today to beat the clutter and stand out and get an interview?
2: So personal branding, in my opinion, is mission critical. Uh, On average, over 70% of jobs are landed through networking. And social media platforms like LinkedIn are are tremendous avenues to get in front of decision makers who are most likely in a position to hire now or will be in a position to hire, right? Um, So what can you do? A couple tangible tips. Make sure your LinkedIn picture is professional and inviting, right? Um, That's just a no-brainer. Two, get active in the professional networks. So for example, maybe you give yourself some goals of commenting on up to 10 people's posts a day with something valuable. Don't be afraid to provide your personal point of view or insight on a topic. Really stand for something, right? Uh, start building a rapport with these leaders in organizations that you'd love to work for, and then send them a connection request and continue nurturing the relationship from there. Uh, I would have done anything to to have had LinkedIn 16 years ago, right when I graduated from college. Um, I would have had access to a lot more opportunities, a lot more people, uh, and I'm envious of this generation. They 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 have the the world is is their oyster, and it's at their fingertips. Right. Um, I'd also say. I think everyone's probably going to become a professional blogger or podcaster now, right? Um, you know, start a blog, start recording some videos on topics you're passionate about, post them to LinkedIn. You know, people love video on LinkedIn because they're so t- people are so tired of reading, right? And and LinkedIn will actually favor your video in the news feed because the form of this form of media is actually being most the most consumed right now, right? So. Apparently I was talking to a LinkedIn rep the other day and they said that, that people are scrolling LinkedIn, like they do Facebook and Instagram, right? They want quick digestible content, right? So I, you know, the, the few videos I've done on LinkedIn, I can't, I can't believe the amount of engagement I've had on these videos, these these literally less than one minute videos that take no time um, at all, but the impact that they're making, is just mind blowing. Um, that's
0: such a great pro tip. And I love that you're actually doing it. So that folks that are listening know that, you know, this is, uh, you, you, you've seen the results yourself.
2: Yes. And it almost becomes addictive, right? It's like, oh my gosh. Okay. I, you start to realize the content people are interested in. Right. And then you start to get competitive with yourself. Okay. I've got 5,000 views on this one. I want to try to get 10,000 views next time. Right. I still
0: haven't seen anything with you with like a ukulele and a pet. (laughs)
2: Right, yeah. <laughs> it's, been, it's been some time since I've uh, broken out the the violin. Uh, what's
0: your uh, What's your TikTok handle, Camille? Come on, oh want to know.
2: Penelope and I actually do record TikTok videos, but we keep them private. But they, it is definitely an out my my new outlet of entertainment.
0: <laughs> Penelope is Camille's daughter. For those yeah. of you listening, yeah, yeah, awesome. It's amazing, and I will say that our podcast could not have survived without you as our first guest. So thank you, Camille. This was really fantastic and so insightful and honest. And uh, I think people are going to get a lot of value out of this. Really, really appreciate you coming on.
2: Thank you for including me. It's been an absolute honor. And I wish you and Nate nothing but uh, lots of success uh, moving forward. And I can't wait to hear uh, more from you guys.
1: Thank you, Camille, for that industry insider perspective. And I love the parts about the skills we need now how significantly the competition has increased for each role and how it's time for a shift in the C-suite. And, you know, I think that's a broader narrative here, a through line of people asking for a different kind of leadership right now. So love that. Okay. On the wings of that awesome interview, Alex, let's bring even more good news on the job front with a summary of the industries and companies that are doing massive hiring right now. Two important things. (laughs) Yeah, right. Two important things before we begin. One, as Camille shared, there are more applicants than ever before. So whenever possible, leverage your networks to get that warm handoff to the recruiter or hiring manager. You know, there's a sea of hundreds, maybe even thousands of resumes for each job. And you need to do whatever you can to get that edge. So get that warm referral from someone they trust. Just do it. Okay, second. I have taken in between roles several times in my life to keep the bills paid and there's nothing wrong with that in fact every job i've had whether i thought i was going to love it or not has taught me more about being a good human being and professional so if you can land an ideal job right now good on you but if there's a a, a less than ideal job that you have to take there's nothing wrong with that and you're going to learn and grow right so tell your ego to back off and just focus on the humility of doing great work and in my 20 years of experience doing work, whenever I just focus on doing great work and delivering value, other doors quickly
0: open. Yeah, okay. and on a on a human note, just generally tell your ego to back off all the time.
1: <laughs> That's right. I fundamentally believe your your ego is never going to be doing good stuff for you. So, never all right. helpful. Two articles. The first one, as we said, hey, we're going to really focus on this LinkedIn 2020 grads guide to getting hired. That's the actual title of the article. And it's because we said we want to focus on all those young people out there trying to get into this disrupted workforce. We love this article because it's hot off the press and it's a gold mine for anyone new to the job market. I'm just going to hit the industry highs. You got to read this article. It's deep and it's got great research. As you know, LinkedIn is a leader in the job job um, industry research. So Here they are, healthcare, 185,000 jobs, retail, 170,000, transportation and logistics, 135,000, recreation and travel, 125,000, software and IT, 110,000, manufacturing, 65,000, finance, 45,000, corporate services, 35,000, education, 35,000, and consumer goods. Thirty-five thousand. Again, this is just the highlights of the industry level of the article. There's much more in there. So, if you're looking to get into the job market, go to this article: LinkedIn's 2020 Grad Guide to Getting Hired.
0: And this just came
1: out on June 4th. I mean, this yeah, is- I mean, this is hot off the press. Kiplinger's article, again, another great article, takes a little bit of a different perspective. It talks about the major brands who are hiring. Thirty-seven major brands, right? And and so these are going to be. Uh, Excellent opportunities for people of all levels. So Walmart, 150,000 people, 7-Eleven, Ace Hardware, Amazon.com, 100,000 new jobs nationwide. And remember on Amazon, this is everything from software software development engineering to distribution and delivery. So there's a lot under that umbrella. CVS Health, 50,000 jobs. Walgreens, Rite Aid, Facebook, Lowe's, 30,000 jobs. Pepsi, Target. Um, Pizza jobs, tons of pizza jobs, 10,000 at Pizza Hut, 30,000, or I mean, 30,000 at Pizza Hut, 10,000 at Domino's. Papa John's is 20,000, right?
0: We've we've employed most of these people with the podcast.
1: (laughs) Delivery jobs of all types are exploding right now. Of course, your FedEx, UPS, Amazon, DoorDash, Grubhub, et cetera, naturally are all increasing. Instacart is hiring 300,000 full-time contractors. And they even said they'll provide Amazing. up to 14 days of extended pay for any full service or in-store shoppers who are diagnosed with COVID-19 or even forced to quarantine or self-isolate. I right? want to job with Instacart. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and that whole, that whole industry is just exploding. So uh, grocery stores at Kroger, Safeway, Publix, Costco, Whole Foods, all of that, of course, is hiring tons of people. And then we, in, in general, we want to encourage you to go look at these articles, get out there and do your research. If you've been saying to yourself, there aren't jobs out there, there are. And um, these are some excellent resources to go find
0: that next opportunity. Thanks, Nate. And sincere thanks to our audience. Guys, if you thought the last 20 years brought mind-blowing change and innovation, buckle your seatbelt. Because the next 10 years of disruption and transformation are set to change the world how we work, live, and what it means to be human. So let's prepare together. If you like what you heard, please be sure to give us a rating. Five-star reviews are of course acceptable as are written reviews. And please also share this with your people at work, at school, and at home. We are grateful to you for your time and attention and hope you learned something valuable by tuning in. See you soon.
1: See you soon.